0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 79. My name is Damien Ross and I'm the host of the Rootless Living Podcast and the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine. I've been a full-time RVer and digital nomad since 2017. If you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it is like to live a life that is still full of travel while you're working, aka being a digital nomad. Full disclosure, on this episode, I changed things up a little to help shorten these episodes. It's still jam-packed with helpful info, and guess what? I still have a few more tricks up my sleeve coming soon to this podcast. But on this episode, I chat with Kaylee, and we get into what it's like going full-time with your family at a crazy rapid pace of both work and travel, yet you still have more time together as a family than you ever have. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Kaylee to the show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. That's awesome.
0: Where are you right now in the world?
1: Uh, I am near Santa Clarita, California, so just outside of L.A.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm an L.A. kid, so I know exactly where you're talking about, and I appreciate you saying that it's outside of L.A. It always makes me laugh when people try to pretend, hey, I live in L.A. Really? What part? Santa Clarita. That's not L.A., but nice try. <laughs> So here's what I know about you. You're a, you're a full-time RVer. You have been since September 1st, 2019. You're a family of four husband, two kids, and a pup. You're traveling in a fifth wheel, 2021 Keystone Cougar, the 368 MBI, which I'm going to assume is mid bunk. But because it's a 2021, I'm going to assume it's not your first. But we can get to that. You move pretty frequently. You've already been to 28 states and 17 national parks in less than 24 months. It's a good run. But let's go back before September of 2019. Where were you living, and where were you guys working?
1: Yeah, so we um, we're Colorado natives. So um, Steve and I were both born and raised in Colorado, and we had a house in Littleton, um, which is like the southwest side of Denver. Um, And so uh, we had our kids were in uh, like a charter school. uh, Doing they were young, so like first grade and kindergarten things like that. And then um, my husband was doing. Um, uh, plumbing, he was selling, oh my gosh, hold on. (laughs) So my husband, he does uh, plumbing, he works for a plumbing wholesaler and he does their purchasing and um, I'm an engineer and so I work in the oil and gas and I was running our Denver office, uh, but when we switched over to going full-time, I stepped down and, and just doing engineering work. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, we lived in Littleton for, we had our house for, it was about nine years.
0: Gotcha. How big of a house?
1: Yeah. So we, it was a three bedroom two bath, about 1800 square feet. It was a perfect starter home. Like we had prayed and begged for this house and it, we'd gotten it on a short sale. And so we got a really good deal on it and, uh, we just loved the neighborhood and, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a perfect little starter home.
0: I think it's funny that we think at least, I mean. I used to think 1,800 square feet was a starter home. I don't think that's a home I'll, I'll start with when I'm done kind of RVing, that's for sure. And, and that's something we can get into. But what made you think about the RV life full time? I mean, what got you guys talking about it, thinking about it, and then making a decision to do it?
1: Yeah, so that's pretty funny. Um, so it was actually Steve's idea first. And so we had been camping uh, for about four years or three years before he had brought it up to me. And we loved it. So in Colorado, you can't camp all year. So you're only allowed to like really comfortably camp between like middle of May through pretty much the end of September, maybe early October. Um, And so, but we were camping like every weekend. Uh, So we were out, you know, 15, 16 weekends uh, just trying to be outside and camping. So we loved it. And then Steve started watching like YouTube channels. um, And so he had brought it up casually was like, Hey, maybe we could do this. And I, <laughs> I shut him down so fast. I was like, absolutely not. You are crazy. Crazy people do this. There's no way that a family can sustain this. No, just no way. And uh, lucky for me, he is a very, very patient man. <laughs> he gives me time to think things over. And he had um, started sharing like these YouTube videos with me. Uh, we watched a lot of uh, KYD and, um, it slowly had opened my eyes up into like, Oh, families can do this. This is like a viable option for us. Um, and so it took me about a year to agree to this lifestyle, um, to go for it and do it. And then, um, but I was like, ready to dive like straight in. Um, I think it was about March when he had brought it up. Uh, and, uh, He, I was like, well, let's, you know, kids into a school, let's just hit the road in, you know, three months. <laughs> you know, sell the house, everything. He's like, whoa, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Um, and so it ended up taking us about 15 months uh, to find the right rig. We had to upgrade a truck. We had to do some upgrades to the house to get it ready to sell. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it all all progressed. And then our house sold super quick, uh, faster than we had anticipated. So we ended up hanging out in Colorado, in that 2019 timeframe we ended up just hanging around Colorado kind of bouncing around from park to park for that whole summer and then officially launched in that September date.
0: Gotcha. Now, when you say camping back in the days, are you talking like tent camping or are you still with an RV then?
1: Yeah. So we were with an RV. So we started with a Um, pop-up. So we had like a, I think it was a, it was a Coleman pop-up. And then we had that for a year and then we upgraded to a 23 foot hybrid. It was a Jayco. uh, And I love that thing. Um, And then we did that for two years and then we had decided that was when we had decided to do the full-time thing. So it took us about six months to find um, our our full-time rig, uh, which ended up being a 36-foot Coachman Catalina travel trailer.
0: Gotcha. You know, most people that have been on the show and in just my own history, they don't have a lot of RV experience. So it's interesting that you kind of did, they'll have camping, but like legit like tent pop-up. Maybe. I still consider, right. I consider a pop-up still really camping because it's still, you're still pretty roughing it. It's just, you're right. pulling a tent on wheels at that point.
1: But when <laughs> when we
0: get into these fifth wheels, you're talking about condos on wheels. It's different. I always like to just kind of go back and verify that. How was the transition downsizing from 1800 square feet to, I would assume probably right around 400 square feet now. How's that been? Or how was that?
1: Yeah, it it took a long time. Um, So I'm a very methodical person, like just very type A, like I have to have a plan. And so when we, when I finally had agreed to do this lifestyle, um, I started like just going through the uh, each room, you know, closets and drawers and uh, things like that, and just started kind of like purging and cleaning just nonchalantly. And then when we started to get our house on the market uh, to sell, I really started downsizing and I just had a different mindset of. Because I had experience of how much space is in a camper. I had a, at least a lens to look through and be like, oh yeah, this, you know, these 10 pots and pans, so they're not going to fit. <laughs> so I had to dumb it down to like two or three that I really liked that I knew would work in that rig. Um, but I took, I probably did three or four rounds of downsizing. Um, and we still ended up, ha- we still purge stuff now. Um, so we're always constantly, you know, reevaluating what we have and if it's going to work. And it has to be like multi purpose. Um, and we also sold a lot like we sold all of our furniture. Um, we either sold it or donated it and so we have a storage unit um, it's not a very big one I think it's seven by seven but it has like 10 boxes in it, some fishing poles, some uh, just some homeschool stuff and that's pretty much it. So it was really uh, I think it was very really eye-opening for me when we were able to, purge. Um, it just like all the stuff that we don't need and we just accumulated over the years. And so it got easier and easier with each kind of round of purging that we did.
0: So let me go back to that. Then when you set a starter home at 1800 square feet, let's say you decide to get off the road full time, you know, and live some sort of hybrid. How big of a home do you think you would want today? And it could be more than 18. There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just wondering what kind of this lifestyle has done to you in regards to what you think would be a good size home in the future.
1: Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. You know, we talk about that all the time. It's like I know we're not going to do this forever. We don't have an end date in mind, but what what would it look like for us in the future? And so I think it's going to be a uh, maybe a townhome, probably less than a thousand square feet, uh, and we just don't need as much space as we had originally thought. Like. Even in our house, you know, we were in two rooms 90% of the time, and that was the kitchen and the living room. You know, you sleep at night, but you don't really do much in your room. And we had a full basement that we never used, and it was like stock full of stuff. And so I think it's going to be a smaller, uh, a smaller thing, probably no, not a big yard or something that I have to maintain because we just don't enjoy doing that, right. um, but definitely a smaller one.
0: I know. I look back at my own life, and this is a realization I had recently. I think the goal at some point was like a 5,000-square-foot home. You know, I had four kids. Right. I had custody of all four of my kids. And for a long time, it was a goal that I obviously never hit. And it, it's a goal that I absolutely do not want at all anymore moving forward, unless it was like a bed-and-breakfast, you know what I mean? It was like a business. Yeah, that yeah. might be good enough square footage. But it's weird how it really mentally drained me for a long time, because I, even though I had probably a twenty-two or 2,400-square-foot home, I didn't hit that 5,000 square foot goal. But to your point, we just never would have used that space. You know, maybe people would have bigger bedrooms, but like you said, they're just, that's not where we live. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. But it does sound like you guys are doing quite a bit of travel. I mean, I don't have a good stats on, I look at my life, we went really fast that first year and then we've slowed things down over the last three years. But 28 states in, you know, we're getting pretty close here to 24 months for you. September 1st will be your two-year anniversary. Uh, tell me a little bit about your travel schedule. You know, how often do you guys move? Or where are you guys staying mostly? That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, when we first started out, when we hit the road, we were booking it. Like, we were moving every three or four days. And the whole reason behind that was because we had talked to our works and said, we want one year to travel the country. Um, and we still want to work, but we want one year. So we had, like, a one-year deadline to like, just go see as much as we possibly could. And being weekend campers that we were before, we didn't think it was that big a deal to move every few days. Um, And so again, we were just kind of booking it. And so that's how we got a lot of the states initially uh, was in that first, I say, first nine months. Um, And we learned very quickly (laughs) um, that it was exhausting. Like it's so much to try to work and school and explore and have some downtime for your sanity and move every three or four days. It was, it was just too much. Um, And so we had kind of readjusted that um, and also COVID had hit too. So that also kind of made us uh, that restricted us for traveling for, it ended up being about 14 weeks. We were stationary. Uh, We actually happened to be in Colorado when all of that kind of, when all the lockdowns happened. And, um, and so once we got back on the road in June of 2020, uh, we decided that we were going to kind of space it out a little bit more and move weekly. And, uh, for us, if we move every five to seven days, it's perfect. Mm. We have enough time to go explore two or three days, get the work done, get the homeschooling done and be able to relax. Um, and it, it kind of keeps us interested in this lifestyle. Uh, we did find out. And I think it was our first year we had stayed uh, at a location for a month and it was just too long. We didn't get like anything (laughs) accomplished. We didn't go explore. We just got like complacent, you know, we would finish working and do in school and then we'd like watch TV. (laughs) And I think it was because we were kind of like, oh, we don't have to go anywhere. We have all this time in the world. And then it was like, boom, oh, now we have to leave. (laughs) It's time to go. Ah, we didn't get all the exciting things we wanted to do. Um, And so that's kind of how we came to the to the one week uh for us uh we typically stay in rv resorts um so we we do have thousand trails uh we have uh good stands as well and so the rv campgrounds and things like that that's where we tend to stay uh occasionally we'll do state parks uh, it just depends kind of where we're at but we, with our new rig, our fifth wheel, uh, we've, up, we've done some upgrades, so we're ready to dive into boondocking a little bit more. I don't see us going off the grid for, you know, weeks at a time, but it'd be nice once a month to, you know, take a week and go off grid and uh, do that because you can get into some really awesome spots with, uh, with boondocking.
0: Yeah, I would say that that was probably our flow once we found it with, you know, we had a 1,000 trails, like two weeks on, one week off pass, and then we would utilize – You know, boondocking, boondockers welcome, harvest host during that week off. And, uh, man, that one year, because, you know, the the cost for the two-week-on, one-week-off plan is so inexpensive that it really made it a lot cheaper. But boondocking is nice for, you know, like you said, a couple days here and there, just get out of the campgrounds for a little while and then get back. I think you guys are really going to like it.
1: Yeah, that's what we're hoping. (laughs) Still got a lot to learn with boondocking still, but we're getting there.
0: Without a doubt. Yeah, there really isn't, I mean, I see every once in a while, I see like a course for it and stuff like that. I'm just, it's, there's a couple things you need to know, but then everything else is just getting out there and learning. And, you know, my biggest advice to people when they boondock is just figure out where the sun's going to be and then how much of your rig will be in the shade and, you know, just pick up a stick and kind of point it and get a good idea. That's your biggest kind of help. Now, I've never seen in your notes that you weren't, and you said it here too, you weren't homeschooling. Before this, did you ever really desire to homeschool before this trip, or is it just because of the trip that you guys got into homeschooling?
1: Yeah, so I had always wanted to homeschool, even before I had children. My mom homeschooled my younger sisters, and I loved the idea. but. There was no way financially that we could have. I could have stayed home to do that and work full time and maintain our house and cars and everything else. So it wasn't ever really an option on the table until uh, we'd started looking into this uh, lifestyle. And so we, one mistake that we made is we hit the road and started homeschooling at the exact same time, and it was it was so hard like being like never doing homeschooling before and then just like jumping into it and moving every three or four days. It was, it was so much (laughs) um, like tears on both sides and uh, we're a lot better now. But that first six months of homeschooling was, it was a total life changer for, for all of us involved. Oh,
0: I bet. I always made a joke that really after about second grade, I couldn't have helped my kids anyway. So they had to go to public schools. I just, what is it, carry the three to the one? I don't remember anymore. Um, <laughs> what are you and your husband doing for work on the road? I know you guys, you kind of dabbled in it a little bit when we were talking about what you used to do, but are you guys both still working right now?
1: Yeah. So um, lucky for us, we still are able to do uh, our job that we had before when we left. So um, I have stepped back. So I work part-time. Um, and it depends on workloads or whatever. Sometimes it can be more, sometimes it can be less, but on average, I work about uh, part time and then I run, um, all of our social media. And so that takes up quite a bit of time as well. And so we're starting to turn that, um, into a a bit of a business as well. Um, and then Steve does, like I said, he does purchasing for a plumbing wholesaler, um, based in Denver and he has to be in the office. It's usually quarterly. He needs to go so sometimes he flies back or sometimes we will make it so we're moving back in in through Colorado for those
0: gotcha yeah that's it, it doesn't sound like a job that he has to be in the office for but you know I mean the, the people he works there that's the, his their decision and I guess he has yep. to do it but it's it's uh, hopefully we'll get more and more where we get away from that where there isn't that need to, to go in except for maybe once or twice a year just for like team building kind of thing but that's awesome that the remote side of things were already there. It's awesome that you guys made the decision to head over to road schooling and experience that. Um, let's talk about really quick, like when you're not traveling, which you guys were doing a lot, and when you're not working, which sounds like you do a lot. Oh, one pull out I do want to mention that I liked was it is great when a family now, you know, both working full-time, couldn't afford kind of the lifestyle you have today, but one working full-time, one working part-time, and working on a side hustle – it's possible. And I love hearing that. I just want to make sure that was called out so people can hear it. And then, um, so what are you guys doing when you're not working, you're not traveling?
1: Yeah. So we, um, we love exploring. (laughs) Um, so the national parks you'd mentioned, we actually just hit three more in the past uh, week. So we've actually been to 20 national parks now. And, um, it's been just such a, we were never big hikers before we started this lifestyle. Um, and now we're, we're still learning <laughs> um, and building up our endurance, but we love to go hiking. It's, it's really fun just to get out into nature and to see it all and to learn about the rocks and the trees and the animals that are there. And I love seeing my two kids that are 10 and eight. I just love that they're you're starting to get more independent and they're like, they see something at a national park, like trees, for example, and my son will come home and he'll like dive into these YouTubes and learn all about the different types of trees in the area. And then he comes back and like reports it to me. And so it, uh, it's really fun just to see how much they're like, just diving into what they really love and learn just because we happen to be out in nature. Um, and so hiking is a big thing. We do have some inflatable kayaks. And so we do like to get out on the water uh, like lakes and things like that. Uh, we just we haven't really been around too many lately, um, so we're hoping later this summer we'll be able to get a little bit more on the water.
0: I do love that this lifestyle does do that for people. There's been so many people that would say that hiking is not something they did. And they could live, I mean, you know, Colorado is a, an amazing place to hike. So it wasn't right. like you were living, you know, like in New York City where it's like you can't say you can't really find hiking areas. But it is funny that once you get into this lifestyle, that really does start to creep in. And uh, yeah, the kayaks were a big part of our first three years on the road. We've traded in our kayaks for electric bikes now. And um, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, we're enjoying that too. And then with, when we need to, we rent a, a boat or a kayak and still experience the water when we need to. But we just had to make a decision. Be, you know, it's one or the other. You really can't have both. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> did you guys do much kayaking before or is that new to
1: this lifestyle? Oh, totally new. Yeah. <laughs> very, very new. You know, it's funny we look back of like what we did at the house and it's like during the week and like you have school and you have work and you have after school activities. And so the weekend it's like, okay, half of my Saturdays dedicated to cleaning or running the kids to different sports. And then maybe we get Saturday night to hang out. And then Sunday it's church. And then, Oh, we got to prepare to go back to work for the week. So it's like, we didn't, we either didn't take advantage. Oh, we clearly didn't take advantage of all the time we did have, but we're more intentional with this lifestyle of, you know, we're at these amazing locations. It's so easy to go to go for a hike or go check out a national park or even a state park because we're 20 minutes away um, where before where we were located, it's an hour and a half anywhere to go have a really good time at a national park.
0: I think that's probably the excuse for most people that have, whether they bike or kayak or hike, It the amount of time that it takes to actually get to the place where you want to do the activity can be really draining. I remember... Going on a hike in California, and we had to park like two miles away from when the hike began. And I'm because it's so crowded, and I remember being like, I'm not hiking two miles to the hike, that doesn't make any sense. I want to park (laughs) in a parking lot and then do the five mile hike. And it probably wasn't even five miles, probably back then it was only a two mile hike kind of a thing. And that that I love, and that's one of the pieces of advice I give people too. And maybe you can tell me what you think is when you're on these hikes, and let's say it's not a loop, it's you know, go far out and then turn around and come back if you get past a mile and a mile and a half, a lot of people, you know, just kind of disappear, not disappear forever, but I mean, they turn around and go back. You really get to explore where there's just no one else. And it's, it's phenomenal. I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. We're still working on like the duration of our hike. (laughs) So like the longest one we've done is five miles. Um, but you're right. Once you hit like that, like mile, mile and a half, people are like, all right, we're good. (laughs) So if you really get to, uh, just experience the, the area that you're
0: in without a doubt I think my sweet spot is five miles in the sense that after five miles it starts to get a little painful and that's not fun mm-hmm. when your knee starts hurting your hips are hurting I'm, I'm definitely telling right. my age at this point but just keep it keep the distance to what's fun for you so when you're done you may maybe you're a little tired but you're refreshed from being able to just go on the hike you shouldn't be where it takes you three days to recover um, yeah,
1: oh, great. Great advice. <laughs> yeah,
0: without a doubt. Don't if you hear someone like I went on a 12 mile hike, don't be like, we need to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> whatsoever. So one of the things I like to do on the show um, is do what I call the high low. And um, the low we will start with the low and then we'll end with a high. The low can't be around like flat tires or COVID or internet because I think we all kind of experienced that. But what's been a low in this life that maybe you just didn't expect?
1: Um, It can be lonely. Uh, we, well, ex- I've experienced this more than my husband. Um, I tend to be more introverted. And so I, when we're in school, like w- when we're doing school and I'm working, I can sit and I can, I cannot leave my trailer for two or three days easily because we just have so much stuff to do with schooling and work and cleaning and you or, 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 like just running the household, right. That I won't leave. And then I'll feel lonely because I'm not getting out and even walking the dog and saying hi, cause my husband will take care of that. Um, and so sometimes it can feel lonely if you're, if you're, if I'm not getting outside and, and purposely going and talk to people. Um, and I think our kids sometimes feel that too, if we're at a park and there's not kids around, uh, sometimes they get bored with being with each other. Um, and they, you know, they want to, they want to meet friends. They want to hang out. and They want to go run and ride their bikes and, when it's just the two of them, sometimes they don't have as much motivation as if there's um, a bunch of other kids running around.
0: No, it makes sense. And I think it's really transparent, and, and I appreciate you talking about it because a lot of people won't sometimes. They just want it to be all, you know, unicorns and butterflies and rainbows. And, yeah, loneliness is part yeah. of it. Especially, I always make the joke that I kind of miss the my local Starbucks knowing my name and knowing my order, you know, because I, yeah. I would drop the kids off at school. I'd go into the Starbucks, and there was, like, this just little – it wasn't a relationship in any way, shape, or form outside of them, you know, spelling my name wrong on my coffee mug. Uh, <laughs> they didn't really know me, but there is that little sense of kind of community that can get lost in this lifestyle sometimes, but it's out there too, if you want to find it for sure.
1: What's been a, exactly?
0: A, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to fill in. Well,
1: I was going to say, you know, it is, um, I say loneliness because it all it, for, for me, it's very campground dependent. Um, and as the more I've done this and the more connections I've made, even online through our social media, um, it's been easier to be able to meet and talk with so many people uh, just like throughout the country. And And it's been really nice to, you know, sometimes you can relate that, oh, I'm feeling a little lonely today and I can hop on and, and talk to people, um, even maybe not in person, but kind of build that community around it as well. Okay. Um, if the campground happens to have like nobody in it. <laughs>
0: right. Do you know about the app called Nomad Near Me?
1: I do, but we don't have, I don't know if it's on Android yet. No,
0: there's still really, I've been, trust me, as someone that's making an app for, you know, making the magazine easier to read, I understand that it's tough that you have to kind of do both, but uh, that's actually really cool because, you know, sometimes you'll see people you've gotten to know and they're 50 miles away. Uh, and it's not an exact location. It's just kind of a bubble and you can log in and out of it, but it is a cool app. I'll be excited when you get it. And then, you know, my yeah. only advice is it's not Instagram, like only connect with people you kind of really know that you have somewhat of a, a real, if you saw them in the grocery store, you might be like, Hey, that's you. Those are the people you invite to kind of know even, you know, your 50 mile radius of where you are. What has been a, a good high that maybe you didn't expect in this lifestyle that's happened?
1: Yeah, I think us getting outside and, like, hiking, I think would have to be kind of one of our biggest things um, because it's, it's it's so different than what we did before. Um, and so just being out in nature and being able to check out all the cool locations that we go to, um, it's funny – I used to laugh like, Oh, I have to drive 45 minutes to go somewhere. And like, you like <laughs> dread it. And now I'm like, like you, that parks like an hour from here. Let's go like wheels up. Like It's just, I have a different uh, idea of of, of timing and, and distances. It's just, I don't know. I'm more willing to go the distance to see those really cool spots.
0: I agree that time, space and distance is really different in this lifestyle for sure. And I also, I mean, I, I'll kind of put words in your mouth, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let me know. But when I hear you talk about like going hiking and kayaking, the thing that I'm hearing is that it doesn't seem like such an event. Like it's not like where you have to plan it and it has to be four days out and you have to go and there's all this prep. It literally sounds like there are times where you probably can make the decision to go to hike that afternoon if you wanted to, which we just didn't do in a bricks and sticks lifestyle for some reason.
1: Yep, that's that is exactly it.
0: I agree. And so I want to do too, is let people know where they can find you. I love, uh, kind of the note that you gave where, you know, the idea behind your Instagram was to encourage people, um, to kind of just get outside. Like we just talked about, you know, as a family. And, um, you know, I, one thing I always talk about with people is when anyone talks about traveling or exploring, the first thing I hear is Europe. And I'm like, why? You know, you've only lived in the one state your whole life. There's 40, you know, even if you just stayed in the lower 48, there's 47 other states that are just like Europe in a lot of areas. Go do it. But I love that you're encouraging families to do this. Where can people find you? On what social channels are you on? And remember, folks, I'll write it all down below. You don't have to write it down. But let people know where they can find you, Kaylee.
1: Yeah, so we're on the Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we are exploring outside the 303. Uh, and we also have a website at exploring through
0: exploring outside the 303.com nice well like i said i'll link that below kaylee i appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share your story and as as you were inspired by others seeing them go out and do it as a family i hope your story inspires others to go out and do it as a family as well
1: thank you so much
0: well another great episode big thank you to kaylee for coming on the show and sharing your story i really hope it inspires anyone that is struggling with family time not getting enough of it to think about a change that you can make in your lifestyle and that how much the rootless lifestyle can really make that possible. If you want more information or to connect with the guests that have been on the show today, just head down into the show notes, click on any of the links. And if you do reach out to them, let them know you heard them on the rootless living podcast. Also just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the rootless living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag rootlessliving over on Instagram, we're going to share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.